Welcome back to Psychic Crime, and I'm your host, Nicole Mann. As always, I want to thank you for coming back. I appreciate my audience so much. I say this every time. I never thought I would continue to do this so long, um, especially through COVID. Um, My job was incredibly difficult during COVID, so um, I never thought I would come back and continue to do this. So I really appreciate it. I love seeing people uh, pop up from new countries and in new places. Um, We continue to see more love coming from uh, Scandinavia, Sweden. I see Norway now. Um, We see people popping up um, in more and more places. We, Portugal. uh, So we absolutely love to see people showing up from all over the world. Uh, We see you, we appreciate you, thank you so much. It means the most to us. And the merch is still up, the link is listed. Um, I'm gonna add some new stuff this week. And uh, we are um, also still working on the bracket style tournament. I have been streaming a little bit here and there. We've been doing some Weekend Stupid, and I've also been doing a little bit of Black History stuff um, as well, um, telling some stories people may not know about. I've told the story of the move bombing, which I've done in this channel. I've also been telling, um, going to tell the story of the uh, welfare queen, which I've also told on this channel. But I don't think a lot of people know that the stereotype of the welfare queen was propaganda spread by um, Ronald Reagan that helped him get elected. But it was an actual person who was a con artist who did a lot of damage to a lot of children, actually. So uh, just sharing stories like you may hear, know, may have heard here, but that a lot of people don't know widely that are part of black history and that have impacted the black community. So, uh, like I said, sharing the weekend stupid, just dumb little headlines people may or may not have heard about. Uh, things like a man claiming to be the, well, self-proclaiming himself to be the long-lost heir of John DeLorean and Frankensteining DeLoreans in Reliance and claiming that the Taliban wants to buy them. So, <laughs> ridiculous and insane stories like that. So, it is dumber than a sack of hair on Twitch, dumber than a sack of hair on YouTube. Um, if you want to stop by and check it out. Uh, the merch store is Crime Scandal on Designed by Humans. Um, like I said, we're going to add some more things this week. There is both uh, Dumber Than a Sack of Hair merchandise and there is merchandise for Psycho Crime on there as well. So stop by. We appreciate. I appreciate the support and love no matter whether it's just listening or if you would like to support by grabbing some merch. We've added mugs. We have sweatshirts. We have hoodies. We have t-shirts. All the designs you are able to choose how you purchase them. So you can go in and if they'll give you use a drop down menu you can choose what way you want to wear it. So every way that it's available. If it's available in a t-shirt, you can pick the cut of the t-shirt and the colors that are available. If you want it in a hoodie and it's available in a hoodie, you can choose to purchase it in a hoodie. If it's available in a mug, you can choose to get it in a mug. So that's how the site works. Um, so, you know, if you just want to grab a sticker, grab a sticker. Um, there's also prints and posters available as well. So there's everything from stickers and mouse pads all the way up to hoodies. So we wanted to give everybody an, a chance to purchase something. Well, I did because this is why I chose Design by Humans. So I could give everybody a chance to purchase someone at every income level and 
anywhere in the world because they do have international shipping. So that was very important to me because I've been shown love by people all over the world and I wanted to make sure that they were able to purchase something if they wanted to. So it's designed by Hunt, designed by humans, crime scandal. And like I said, we're gonna be adding new stuff this week. My nephews are really, really, really happy about it. So we're gonna be sending that out to them for birthdays. Shout out to my nephews. Um, so like I said, I love you guys. I thank you so much. I'm so happy that you're continuing on this journey with me. So this week we're gonna talk about romance scams. We're gonna talk about a couple. Um, obviously many of you have seen the um, Netflix documentary on the Tinder uh, scammer. We're gonna start there, but we're gonna look at what romance scams are. A romance scam is a confidence trick uh, involving pretending to have romantic intentions towards a victim, gaining their affection, and then using that goodwill to get the victim to send money to a scammer under false pretenses or to commit fraud against them. Fraudulent acts may involve access to the victim's money, bank accounts, credit cards, passports, email accounts, or national identification numbers. In the United States, that would be social security numbers, or forcing the victims to commit financial fraud on their behalf. These victims are often perpetuated by organized crime gangs who work together to take, inf to take money and information from multiple victims at a time. One thing that is not... Um, one thing that I missed is that um, in the United States, they're also taking insurance numbers because in the United States, sometimes your insurance information is more valuable than social security numbers because it's that difficult to get affordable insurance in the United States. More money is lost each year to romance scams than to any other internet scam, such as technical support scams. Romance scammers create personal profiles using stolen photographs of attractive people for the purposes of asking others to contact them. This is often known as catfishing, which we all know because we watch catfish religiously. Often photos of unknown African actresses will be used to lure victims into believing they are talking to that person. U.S. military members are also impersonated as pretending to serve in the military explains why scammers are not available to meet in person. Because the scammers look nothing like the photos that they send, scammers rarely ever meet their victims face-to-face -face or even try and video chat. They deceive their victims by making plausible-sounding excuses about their unwillingness to meet, such as by saying they cannot meet because they're temporarily traveling or their camera's broken. We've seen it all. I only have a flip phone. You know, my computer doesn't have a webcam. We've heard them all. Scammers are very adept at knowing how to play their victims, sending poems, sex games in their emails, building up loving relationships with tons of promises. One day we're gonna be married. I remember getting a message on Tinder and the guy was like, you're the most beautiful, you're the most fabulous, most amazing baby boo. But it was like a white guy who was supposed to be like, like a lieutenant in the army. And I'm like, this does not match up. Something is not right. And immediately taking a hit from Catfish, I reversed image searches picture and it didn't match the name and the age or anything that was listed in the information. And so this has become my go-to when I suspect I'm being catfished or scammed. I just said, I'm a social worker and I'm broke. 
And he just never, ever contacted me again. I didn't even say I thought he was a catfish, that he wasn't who he said he was. I just said, I'm a social worker and I'm broke. And he never, never has failed to this day to just say, I'm a social worker, I have no money, or I'm a social worker and I'm broke. And they never message me again <laughs> because whole world knows American social workers are broke as fuck. So ever think you're being scammed by a catfish or someone asks you for money on a dating site, just tell them I'm a social worker, I'm broke. <laughs> it works for me every time. Scammers um, use communications to uh, use to work with their victim over a period of time until they feel they have connected with them enough to ask for money. Scammers prey on the victim's false sense of a relationship to lure them into sending them their money. Now, this is where parasocializing comes in. We've talked about this before on this show. It's a one-sided relationship because of the nature of the internet where you, you're hiding behind a keyboard, really. You don't really get to know who the person is. You believe you're bonded to them. You believe you're in a relationship. That doesn't negate your feelings. That doesn't mean your feelings are any less than what they are but you never really know who it is you're talking to. In the instance of romance scammers, scammers and usually catfishers, they're playing a role. And that's the danger of committing to people on the internet is you don't really know until you meet them who they are. And a lot of people are freer on the internet than they are in real life. A lot of people are able to say and do things on the internet that they can never do in real life or face to face. So as we've seen on Catfish, there are people who turn out to be who they are, but then when they meet face to face, the relationship completely fizzles out because the person really wasn't who they said they are. At least not the way they act, the way they behave, the way they relate to people, that was not who they were. So just because physically the name, the face was the same, emotionally, they were not who they said they were. They really were emotionally a catfish. And so that's the danger of getting into a relationship on the internet is because a lot of people are pretending to be something that they absolutely are not on the internet even if you're showing you their real face and you know telling you their real name that doesn't necessarily mean that they're being who they actually are on the internet communications now these communications and requests can be for anything from gas money bus or plane tickets just to visit the victim they can also start asking for requests to pay for medical or education expenses there's usually promises that the scammer will one day join them or move into the victim's home victims may be invited to travel to the scammer's country in some cases the victims arrive with asked for gifts and money for family members or bribes for corrupt officials only to be beaten, robbed, or even murdered. The scam usually ends when the victim realizes they're being scammed or stops sending money. In 2016, the US Federal Bureau of Investigation received reports of more than 220 million being lost by victims of relationship scams in the United States. This was approximately seven times what was stolen through phishing scams, which is email scams. This was and almost a hundred times what the reported losses were from ransomware attacks. 
According to the FBI statistics, the crime has been at an alarming rise. Monetary losses in the United States rose from 211 million to 475 million from 2017 to 2019. Number of cases rose from 15,000, oh, 1,537,537, wow, 1,537,000. 1 million five hundred thirty seven one million five hundred thirty seven one million five hundred thirty five hundred thousand I can't even talk today to one million nine hundred thousand in only two years Jesus Christ according to Australian government the crime has also been on the rise in Australia Monetary losses in Australia rose from 20.5 million to 28.6 million from 2017 to 2019. Scamwatch, a website run by Australian Compensation and Consumer Commission, provides information about how to recognize and avoid these kind of scams. In 2005, the ACCC and other agencies formed the Australian Consumer Fraud Task Force, the ACFT. The site provides information about current scams, warning signs, and staying safe online. Now, older people are often targeted because they're the most likely to have significant amount of assets, such as retirement funds or homes that can be stolen. Sensitive people are usually the most vulnerable to online dating scams as well, based on a study conducted by the British Psychological Society. Per their results, sensitive and less emotionally intent, well, I don't like that wording at all. Just because you're sensitive does not make you less emotionally intelligent people. I would say sensitive and people who have a lower emotional quotient. I don't like the way that's worded. Are more likely to be vulnerable to online dating scams. The pro-dater differs from other scams in their method of operation. Face-to-face -face meeting actually does take place in the scammer's home country, but for the sole purpose of manipulating the victim into spending as much money as possible in a very short amount of time, with little or nothing in return. The scheme usually involves accomplices, such as an interpreter or a taxi driver, each of whom must be paid by the victim at a greatly inflated price. Everything is prearranged so the wealthy foreigner pays for expensive accommodations, is taken not to an ordinary cafe, but a costly restaurant, usually at some out-of-the-way place priced far above what locals would ever pay, and is manipulated into making various expensive purchases, including gifts such as electronics and coats. The vendors are usually t a part of the scam as well. After the victim is left, the merchandise is returned to the vendors and the pro-dater and their various accomplices take a cut of the take. As the dater is eager to date again, the next date is immediately set up with the next wealthy foreigner. The supposed relationship goes no further after this except to inundate the victim with requests for more money after they return home. Unlike a gold digger who marries for money, a pro-dater is not necessarily even single or available in real life. Now, if you've watched Catfish, they caught a Nigerian pro-dater. He actually admitted he had a fiance and a child. So this is an actual job to them. This is what a lot of Americans don't understand. These dating scams 
in Nigerian country, in Nigeria and other African countries, they are jobs. And the man actually said in the interview, he said that he wished he had a better job. He was trying to get an apprenticeship, but something happened and he lost it. And working as a scammer was the only job he could find because he didn't have any trade or skill. So that's, and like, I've actually seen pictures where it's like a shop and each person has like a bank of phones, of, of, of throwaway phones in front of them. And then they have a list next to the phone so they can keep track of all the people they're calling or talking to from each phone. So this is a legit business. To us, it's not a business. To us, it's illegal. But in Nigeria, this is a business. So understand that. Like when you're trying to protect your family members, you're trying to make them understand, you need to make them understand this person doesn't care about you. This is a business. This is a transaction. So that's very, very important for them to understand. Another variation of the scam is when the scammer insists they need to marry in order to inherit millions of dollars. This was the first romance scam that went around the internet. Um, either it's an inheritance from a parent, gold left by father, uncle, or grandfather. A young woman will contact the victim and tell him of her plight. Not being able to remove the gold from their country as he or she could be a young woman or a young man. He or she is unable to pay the duty or marriage taxes. The man or woman will be unable to inherit the fortune until he or she gets married and the marriage is a prerequisite of the father, uncle, or grandfather's will. Uh, one of the other ones, the other variation is I'm a prince and I can't get my title until I get married. That was a big one. The Nigerian prince scam. That was the very first one that went around. And, you know, everybody wants to be a prince or princess. The scammer convinces their victim they are sincere until they're able to build up enough of a rapport to ask for thousands of dollars to help bring the cold into their country. The scammer will offer to fly the victim's country to the victim's country to prove they're real. So the victim will send money for the flight. This is so bad. However, the scammer never arrives. Of course they don't. The scammer will contact the victim contacts the scammer to ask what happened, and the scammer will provide an excuse, such as not being able to get a visa or an illness. Um, or even the death of a family member. A rapidly growing technique that scammers are using is to impersonate American military personnel. Scammers prefer to use images, names, and profiles of soldiers, as this usually inspires confidence, trust, and admiration in their victims. Military public relations office often post information on soldiers without mentioning their families or personal lives, so images are stolen from these websites by organized internet crime gangs, often operating out of Nigeria or Ghana. Thanks, American military, by using propaganda to fuel criminal gangs. These scammers tell their victims that they are lonely or supporting an orphanage. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's a new one. That's fucking great. <laughs> I'm using all of my pay to support an orphanage in Africa. Please, I can't get any canteen. Jesus. Or needing financial assistance because they cannot access their own money in a combat zone. That's not how it works. I'm telling you here, in the American military, when they're in a combat zone, they feed them. They can get into the canteen. They have a charge account. They're all set. They don't need you to send them any money in a war zone. If an American on a dating site tells you they need money in a war zone, they're not an American in a war zone. 
I promise you. I've had two generations of my family serve in the military. They're liars. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. The money is always sent to a third party to be collected for the scammer. Sometimes the third party is real, sometimes they're not. They're usually sent by Western Union and MoneyGram. Yeah, no, 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 no. Western Union and MoneyGram is, yeah, no, not on the XP. Like, yeah, they would, but yeah, that's not how it would go through the XP. They have their own accounts on the base that you can directly send the money to. You do not, that do not have to be claimed by showing identification. That's not true anymore. Western Union and MoneyGram require ID. Unless you set up a passcode or a PIN, that would be why. MoneyGram will let you set up a passcode or a PIN. Yeah, because they set up a password or a PIN. The money can be picked up anywhere in the world. Some scammers may request Bitcoin instead. So that's the other thing. If somebody ever requests money from you, refuse to do the passcode or PIN and say that you will only allow them to pick up the money if they show an ID. Because when I was in college, that's what my parents did for me. My parents would only, my anyone in my family, they would only ever wire me money on Western Union or MoneyGram if I had an ID. And there was a period in my life where I, didn't have an ID, so I could never ask anybody in my family for money. And I personally think that was really smart of them. So yeah, if you ever come into a situation where somebody asks you to wire money anywhere else in the world, Western Union or MoneyGram, and you know, and this uh, there's another scam out there where they're claiming that they've kidnapped your granddaughter or grandson and they're asking you to send Western Union or MoneyGram. Well, if they have kidnapped them, they should have their ID in order to pick up the money. So just saying like if they don't have the id to pick it up you know you should automatically see that as a problem and if they give you a sob story about how someone sold, stole their id well then you can have them use their national identity card and if they say well my wallet was stolen and all there's multiple different forms of identity that they should have there's all kinds of different things that if they're claiming to be an American citizen, there's all kinds of different things. They have their military ID, they have their dog tax. There's so many different things that they could use if they're claiming to be a US citizen, if they're claiming to be in the military, that they could use to prove their ID. And if they're claiming to have none of those, they're a liar and they're a con artist. So if you're being asked to send money, I'm just saying Western Union MoneyGram, if they're being asked to wire money, always request they show identification. So. Uh, Shimon Lviv was born Shimon Yota Hayat in 1990 in Ramat Alakan, Please don't come for me if I butchered the pronunciation. At the age of 15, he moved to Brooklyn, New York in the U.S. with his family's friends, who later accused him of misusing their credit card. According to interviews done by Felicity Morris, Leviv has been committing minor cons like checks, check fraud since he was a teenager. He later changed his legal name from Shaiman Hayut to Simon Leviv, using the surname Leviv to pretend he was related to Lev Avernon Leviv, an Israeli businessman known as the King of Diamonds. In 2011, Hayat was charged with theft, forgery, and fraud for cashing stolen checks. According to reports, he stole a checkbook belonging to a family while babysitting their child and another's while working as a handyman in their home. He never showed up in court and escaped the country across the border into Jordan with a fake passport under the name Mordecai Nassim Tepir and fled to Europe. 
In 2012, he was indicted by an Israeli court and charged with theft and forgery of checks, as well as for leaving a five-year-old he was babysitting unattended. What the hell? In 2015, he was arrested in Finland, beautiful country, and was sentenced to three years in prison for defrauding several women. Really? You had to mess with the Finns? When arrested in Finland, he claimed he was an Israeli man born in 1978 and was found with two forged Israeli passports, three forged Israeli driver's licenses, two forged Israeli flight permits, and five forged American Express credit cards. Wow. After finishing his early sentence, he returned to Israel to be recharged and sentenced in 2017. However, according to the Times of Israel, he assumed a different identity by changing his name to Simon Leviv and fled the country again. Hayut traveled around Europe pretending to be different people. He exploited multiple women in Germany using the name Michael Bilton. He also presented himself as the son of a Russian Israel, Israeli diamond mogul Lev Leviv using the dating app Tinder to contact women as Lviv and trick them into loaning him money that he never repaid. He would charm women with lavish gifts, taking them to dinners on private jets, using money he borrowed from other women he previously conned. He would later pretend he was being targeted by his enemies, often sending the same messages and images, pretending that his bodyguard had been attacked. Asking his victims to help him financially, they would often take out bank loans and new credit cards in order to help him. He would then use the money gained through deception to lure in new victims while essentially operating a Ponzi scheme. Later, he would pretend to repay his victims by sending forged documents showing fake bank transfers. In 2019, he was finally arrested by Interpol in Greece after using a forged passport. Later that year, he was sentenced to 15 months in prison in Israel, but was released after only five months as a result of COVID. According to the Mirror, he later offered business advice for a fee via a website. In 2020, he pretended to be a medical worker to get the COVID vaccine early. Hayut is also wanted for various counts of fraud and forgery offenses in Norway and Sweden and the UK. Now, if you've seen the documentary, it's pretty extensive. There's a lot of women. And his basic MO was to give them some sob story about the, you know, some dire circumstance. Like they said, he, they'd take out a loan and then he would just reel in new people. Basically, he's out there now saying it was all a lie. It's all made up. None of this ever happened. Somehow he's conned Netflix into creating a dating show for him. Like, personally, I feel that's wrong if Netflix really does put a dating show together for him i think i may have to let go of netflix like that's really wrong exploitative and it's disrespectful to the woman that he is hurt and that really could be my limit with netflix they've done a lot of exploitative shows on there but that for me would really be the limit now going to a different kind of scam we're going over to the soldier scam Tracy Vassar was a divorced mother looking for a new relationship when she ended up talking to Nigerians and being convinced to work for them in a romance scam. They needed someone in the United States to help the scam. They identified her as someone who might help them in a really big way. And in fact, that's 
exactly what ended up happening, said John Southers, Colorado's attorney general. He said that Vassar and her mother wound up scamming hundreds of victims in the United States and 40 other countries. The ripoff the prosecutors found was in an excess of a million dollars. A call the Vassars in just one piece of a massive international business, according to Anthony Roman, founder in chief of Roman and Associates. This is over a billion dollar a year industry and it primarily runs out of Nigeria. The Vassar case began in 2009 when she turned to internet dating sites to find love. Vassar told investigators that she found the perfect man, a U.S. soldier stationed in Afghanistan, who had lost his wife. In recorded police conversations, she said the soldier was so convincing she agreed to wire him money. Just like countless other romance scam victims, Vassar was fooled. There was no soldier looking to date the single mom, but instead of nursing a headache, prosecutors say she turned to greed. Vassar began laundering money for an unnamed Nigerian enterprise. I told you guys, this is a business to them. And even enlisted her mother, Karen Vassar, to help. Southers told CNBC she became the American military agent so they, posing as soldiers on the internet, could tell people they were commencing romantic relationships to ship the money to their military agents in Colorado, which sounds a lot better than shipping it to Nigeria. For more than three years, investigators say the duo were actively engaged in this internet romance scam. According to Southers, Tracy Vassar opened up dozens of bank accounts in Colorado to take in cash from unsuspecting women who thought they were being romanced by soldiers. But when the banks got suspicious, she turned to MoneyGram in Western Union to receive the scammed money from the victims. Investigators have had no evidence the duo ever met with members of the Nigerian enterprise in person. But investigators say Tracy Vassar was involved in regular and detailed discussions via computer where she received specific instructions about who was sending money, where it should be sent, and how much she should keep for herself. Prosecutors added money was picked up at multiple locations in Nigeria. The scheme was busted open when complaints started rolling in to Colorado authorities. Investigators said the complaints were from victims who had wired money to the Vassars. The pair were eventually convicted of racketeering and theft from at-risk adults and sentenced to lengthy terms behind bars. Tracy Vassar is serving 19 years at La Vista Correctional Facility in Pueblo, Colorado, and Karen Vassar is serving 12 years at Denver Women's Correctional Facility. If you know much about cotton, I've talked about this in Colorado before, Colorado's a hang'em state. So the fact that they only got 19 and 12 years is actually lenient for Colorado, um, especially given that their victims were, they used the military in their scam. Um, I'm surprised they didn't get more. Um, like I said, Colorado's a hang'em state. So um, the next time, next week, we are actually going to talk about domestic violence in sports. And we're going to look at two very different cases that uh, look at domestic violence within American sports because how they were handled uh, really determines what the outcome was. They were cases in which there was domestic violence early on and um, how they were handled uh, determined whether the outcome was good or bad. So in the meantime, 
I hope you sleep better knowing the how and why people do such awful things.